Daisy taught me that. What? You know, I'm just a man out here trying to... Pokemon battle begin! Maybe LeBron just needs some competition. Someone to go... I think Bitcoin has a PR problem. I actually brought these, so if I was going to cut onions, I'd wear them. Saying is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? What? Like, what is he, wasn't he in special ed? Alright, here we go. Episode 9. It's probably the, one of the most important episodes to me. This is my family, my matriarch, my grandmother, Patricia Phillips. Let me adjust the mic. Let me get the mic closer. Patricia Phillips, world renowned canvas artist. She sounds very humble in this interview, but. Don't be fooled. She gets busy. Uh, yeah. You've been listening to this part. You know I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, recently, Minneapolis has been thrust to the forefront of politics and news and just the forefront. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Um, but it's more than that. It's always been more than that. If you ever heard Prince talk about Minnesota, he felt the magic when he spoke about it. Minneapolis, in particular. It was just something different. And growing up there in the late 80s, 90s. Look at that, they call it. The importance of Minnesota and the magic that's there is is something different. And I think growing up there, I took it for granted because it's just part of life. And I thought everybody was just special and magic like that. But no, it's a thing. I've come to find out that on the outside, they call us Minnesota nice. It's a weird thing. I didn't even know that until I left Minnesota. It was like, oh, you're Minnesota nice. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? But, yeah, I get it now. It's just the magic of that's there. That's why it's so fucking crazy that this George Floyd, among many other incidents, are happening right there in the city. Right where I grew up, right on my block. It just hits home, literally. It hits home and it hits different than just your average. I don't even say your average, just... Your political protest. I grew up there. That could have been me. That could have been my family. That was my family. But my family is somewhat of a importance to that city. We brought something to that city. brought something to this world and I just thought I should share that with the world with all the listeners in Germany and Iceland and everybody across seas that for some reason fuck with the podcast I deeply appreciate it keep listening this story is about Minneapolis Minnesota and my grandmother 
and her artistry and how she impacted and is still impacting the world. This is part one. You ready? Here we go. Is now being recorded. Okay. Hello? Yep. Just letting you know everything's up. We're going. I will send you the links to my uh, my previous episodes just so you can get a feel for it and understand. And listen okay. just while you're doing nothing. And uh, so we're gonna pick back up with starting your your digital your digital portfolio, your digital footprint, your digital real estate. So we're gonna start with Instagram. Okay. I sent you the link to Instagram. Mhm. And we know Instagram is just a platform to display photos. Pretty much that's it. As a artist, it is the best free platform for people to discover your work, to find your work, and sell your art more than just hand to hand. You're now shipping worldwide with the click of a button. Like, I understand you're not familiar with this new technology, but that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for, to help usher you in and show you what we've been missing. Okay, you're my usher. Go I ahead. am your usher. All right. For the sake of the platform here and the Positive Overthinker podcast, let's introduce you and just tell them who you are. Well, my name is Patricia Phillips, and I am... An artist. My grandmother, by the I, way. For those yes, who don't listen. And Evan is my grandson. First and foremost. And yes, first grandson. And I'm about to have another. But um, Evan is Usher. He's my Usher into this new technology because I am one of those people who don't know about the technology. I don't have any uh, children um, at home (laughs) to teach me. And so I'm in Arizona. Evan is in Florida. And if he was here to help me, I would probably be further along. But we're going to start from scratch. Let's go. No, no better time than to start right now. So, yep. as an artist, again, your traditional paint to canvas. It's not digital art. It's traditional paint to canvas. So it, it is a big transition, changing not mediums because you're not changing the way you do art. You're changing how you display your art, how you promote your art. So I understand that is a a complete turnaround from what you're used to. And even generations in the past and how art is appreciated is is now changing. And it's it's just the process of stepping forward and understanding 
the progression of, of technology and life and art. And somebody should be there to bridge the gap. And we yes. should do that with everybody should do that with all our families. And this is I'm only doing my duty and my due diligence as son to help. And that's great. I really appreciate it because um, I have been, well, during this whole COVID, um, last, the whole last year, I've been kind of at home. I do work from home, but I also create from home. So I've been creating artwork. And so I've been, you know, there. I usually uh, do festivals and things like that. Um, but, you know, since COVID, there hasn't been any activity that's been available to me. So I have been looking for a way to reach the people. My art, yeah, with people. And so this is going to be a, a good experience for me. Okay. Building my um, and building my footprint, according to Evan, and uh, so as an artist, I am. um, As I said, I am here in Phoenix, but I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and there, you know, after twenty years of working in corporate, I decided to open my own gallery. And that was about in 1988. 1988. Yeah, 1988. I was two years old. I know. How old were you then, grandson? I was two years old. Two years old? Well, um, I'm aging myself, but... um, that's not a problem because art is sometimes ageless and I it's feel to, it's to the be appreciated it's it's beautiful i have multiple pictures of your art hanging around me now when people come to my house they marvel at your art believe it or not it's like a museum here and and they can't believe that my grandmother did it they're even in shock that i grew up in an art gallery I tell them all the time I grew up in art gallery like I don't I I appreciate art different than you guys I see music different like I I I tell them through my grandmother I sat with my Angelou I sat with Nikki Giovanni like I've seen these people firsthand and and a lot of people my age from my generation wouldn't don't even know who these people are but would marvel at their work and not understand like it's a different meaning, a different closeness to art exactly. than just exactly. And I'm glad that um, you are um, reaching out and trying to expose um, people and me, expose my art to uh, people, and this is what I've been. Uh, looking for, you know, during this COVID, there's just been no way to get exposure. And so I'm looking for some way to expose it. And this is going to be very helpful to me. 
exactly beautiful now let's talk about how you create like what are your your mediums like what do you use Is acrylic well, i know you use I'll charcoal you, i'm i paint when i paint it's mostly in acrylic i paint in acrylic but i paint on canvas for the most part but i do paint on wood i paint on other surfaces um i use acrylic and I sometimes have been now using black sand to create texture with my work. Okay. And so um, that's more recent, but you know, I started out. Um, my education is mainly kind of a graphic artist, and so a lot of my work is graphic. But I do like to do realism sometimes, and. Um, so it's kind of a mixture um but i create works that um i feel that are i kind of have a um not i create from symbols african symbols adinkra symbols and i use the symbols a lot in my work and also um I have a, um, I really have a more spiritual, um, a more spiritual also, um, I feel that my art is a gift, and so in my work I create this sphere, or not sphere, it's a ball, or it may, it's, it's, I think it represents a treasure. And um, I think because art is a treasure and also everyone has a gift. And so in my work, I create often this um, treasure that's being held up or being held by, by someone or even off, up as an offering. And so that's sometimes a lot. You'll see that a lot in my work. But I also like to, um, I like to um, do a, I like to do also um, takes, not takes, but I like to study um, more famous artists' works and some of my works are studies from other famous artists. So, um, it's, it's a lot of, um, I, it's a mixture. My work is a mixture of things that I feel, but um, I'm just, I think it comes from inside. And so it's like, I create what I feel. As you should. I mean, you gotta let what's in out. As an artist, as a human, you have to find a medium, a way to get what you're thinking out, express it in the world. Because if not, you're just like any other body else in the chain. You're not giving them what you see, how you see it. As artists should, like that's it's beautiful, and I I appreciate it. As the world should appreciate it. Like I, I don't think you you see or understand or get how many times people sit and literally have had discussions about this painting of Buddy Guy 
that I'm sitting under right now. <laughs> really? Really. Like, they have no idea who he is and this, the guitar player. And every time somebody yeah. comes to my house, they're like, they marvel at it. And I'm like, yeah. my grandmother did that. I watched her paint that years ago. And they're like, yeah. buddy guy. And it's been years. And it's been years. I can't even tell you how many years. It's got to be 20 years ago that I did that. And so, um, but as I said, a lot of my work is, it's been, I created it. Some, I think you have a lot of pieces that, um, some from the gallery, really, but some just were uh, as I was beginning. And so, um, because they're, I, like I was saying, some of the works that you have may be 15, 20 years old. Um, I, I'm just not sure how old they are, but, um, but I've just been creating for a long time. Exactly. And I've, and I've had a lot of influence from a lot of artists, professional artists through the gallery. You know, um, they would come through and um, like John Biggers, I ended up doing a uh, mural project with him. Uh, he's a master. He was. He's passed now. I remember but, that. Uh, the, the Minnesota thing. Yeah. The whole big wall. Yeah. I painted on that. Yeah, so I don't. You, you just brought back that memory. I completely forgot yeah. that I did that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so it that mural um, was oh it was twenty feet tall and over two hundred feet wide, and so it was a painted on a sound wall uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it unfortunately got torn down uh, the city decided they wanted to um tear it down and expand the neighborhood and so um it was torn down but it was a great project and we had many um artists local artists participate uh, in that mural it was a wonderful thing um, you can view it in um if you uh, get uh, murals by John Biggers, uh, that mural is in his book. And so it's, it was a great experience working with him and, and all the artists to actually create something so large. So um, that was a wonderful experience. It was. I, again, you just brought back that memory. And I, I remember it. I remember brown paint in my hand, painting the wall. Like, I remember that. That's wild. And not even knowing what it meant and how big it was and just being a child painting. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was a great experience. And, you know, from that experience with John Biggers, um, we, I have the gallery at that time, of course, but um, um, I was able to uh, secure Maya Angelou in for a book signing. And so it was a great day when we had her in the gallery because we had so many people that actually came 
affordable signing and the the line was around the block and we just um, were so uh, it was a day of appreciation because just to sit there with her and see her and um, and she talked a little bit as she signed the books but um, it was a wonderful time to um, experience her and uh, I'm so glad we did um, you know because she as a as a artist an author and um, doctor of education uh, she was so um, it was so such an important day to uh, have her there it was even looking back I remember Shirley took pictures did she take pictures there? Yes. Or was it Nikki or Nikki Giovanni? But I remember they have them in black and yeah. white, and I have them. I have one of them in my house. Oh. From that okay. day. Like. Yeah. And so um, there was authors that came through. Nikki Giovanni was a great author uh, that came through as well through the gallery, and we did a book signing with her as well. Um, and so um, she was also a, a very uh, great author, I should say, because her books and, and poems were um, very important even to this day. To this day. I remember I remember it because she did A Rose That Grew From Concrete, like Tupac. Oh. And that, that rose back with the same one Tupac had an album like that, and he wrote based it off that poem from that book and that was what made me so interested. I think my mom has that book with her autograph in it in her library where her bookshelf. Right. But yeah, a rose uh, that grew from concrete. I know when she was there, she was able to autograph many books. I mean, during the book signing. And so it's, uh, you know, the whole gallery experience was kind of wonderful. It was great because um, we were out there we had artists in like um, oh, um, Benny Andrews and Paul Goodnight. They actually did a, um, um, a art session with children and they created this um, piece on canvas. It was like a, a joint, um, a, a joint um, project and uh, the children uh, were able to paint with those artists, so it was a good day just to um, to see the children experience, and they probably, uh, like you, may remember um, doing that as children. They're probably adults now, <laughs> but uh, uh, they may remember um, that project. When they hear this, but when they was, hear this podcast, they'll remember. Yeah, it was one of many projects. And then I still, even in Arizona, where I am now, um, I still celebrate Juneteenth. But in Minnesota, I was um, actually more so involved in Juneteenth. And I created a, um, a contest. We would have a art contest with um, school children. And then uh, at Juneteenth, their works would be displayed. And it was um, 
It was good to、uh, kind of reach out to the、uh, community and to children to expose them to art, and、uh, so it was good.、Uh, but I still do the Juneteenth, but now I'm basically I'm showing my own art, and that's okay too because it helps me to keep、um, to be inspired still with. With Juneteenth and、um, and my art, my own art. Okay. And it's a way, you really only way of selling your art, right now, or yeah, at the right time. Yeah, right now.、Um, you know, of course, I don't know if it's happening this year, but I hope it is. If so, you know, I will be there. I've been、um, kind of building a little group of.、Uh, <laughs> Of customers here that um, um, have their repeat customers, they um, um, kind of see. I just had one that sought me out,、um, and he's he must have about three or four pieces of mine, and、um, he you know calls me and to ask if I've got any new work. So recently he came over just to see if I <laughs> to look at it、uh, and view. What I had been doing, and so he did purchase a piece that he liked.、Uh, so, but like you, he probably has several pieces of his of my work on his walls. Okay, but、um, so I do have those that appreciate what I do, and I、um, kind of keeps me going. Yeah, but you, I'm sure you've had a hundred as long as you've been creating. I'm sure you've had hundreds of. Buyers and hundreds of your pieces all over. Yeah, and I don't know.、Um, you know, I wish at some point I would have、uh, tracked all of those buyers and pieces that I created. But you know,、um, sometimes it's it's a spur of the moment. You sell something and it's it's gone. Yeah. And so it's it's like. But I'm saying they're still out yeah, there. Yeah, you have to let go. You really do have to let.、Go. Yeah, you have to let go. But it, it it lives on in the world, and I can guarantee somewhere, somebody will now search you and search your name, and your art will be refound, and it'll be tagged on your newfound Instagram, and you will redevelop new relationships with other artists and other customers, and. This is how we're gonna bridge the way forward and and make a bigger stamp. Cause from these stories, I'm hearing more of like how of an impact you were on the city. Those people, believe it or not, it, it shaped them. It shaped them and shaped their being and shaped their understanding. And Minnesota is not your average place. I come to see that after I left Minnesota. Minnesota is is a special place. And Prince knew that.、Mm-hmm. Like Prince、yeah. is the only one who would shout for Minnesota the way it should be. It's not. It's not what we are seeing today, and what is known for yeah, it now. Yeah, it's definitely、um, not what we're seeing today, or not what it was. You know, because Minneapolis, you know, it was a it was a good place to live and grow up. It was, but it was Terry、uh, Lewis and Jimmy Jam and Janet Jackson, and it was a different element. Yeah, yeah. Janet Jackson came to record with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, 
Morris Day. And, um, young Morris Day was also with his group there. And, you know, of course, Prince, you know, and um, always used to go down to the First Avenue um, <laughs> when, uh, you know, I'm talking about my club days, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, back then. But there was places to go. There was places to go, and um, you know, as African Americans, you know, we had um, our population, and also um, places and businesses. Um, it's not like we weren't um, visible in Minneapolis, but um, it's like it's not what it is today. Um, I guess we have. We have um, come to, and due to no fault of of the city, but the fault of others who have, um, you know, uh, brought forth just chaos. And um, and so the George Floyd um, murder was very. Um, it was very uh, wrong, and people actually, um, they reacted, and that reaction really tore down Minneapolis. It, it changed Minneapolis, and so um, it won't be the same because of that. And I'm sure people won't be the same because of the George Floyd murder. Um, everyone nationwide, even worldwide, um, reacted from that. And so it wasn't only Minneapolis that had the uh, protesters in reaction, it was worldwide. So it changed a lot about Minneapolis and it probably will never be the same. No, and I want people to understand that we're from Minneapolis. George Floyd died at Cub Foods. That was our local grocery yes. store. That was our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Three blocks from the crib. Like yeah. it wasn't. It hit. It it hits home, literally. Yeah. So just a barbecue place down the street. I mean, it was it was a community. Um, it was our neighborhood, like you said. And so, um, and why it happened there in our neighborhood? <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I think they were reaching out for something, but. Um, at any rate, I think justice has prevailed, and he's been um, that police officer, Derek Chauvin, has been found guilty on all all counts. So, and so it should have been, because he actually killed that man. And so, but it's it's very hard to look at Minneapolis now because it's so changed. Agreed. So Agreed. And again, it's different now. Even talking to you, it, it brings me back to seeing 
how you how you again had a, a hand in the city. You brought Maya Angelou to the city. You brought Nikki Giovanni to the city. You put up walls, painted walls that stood for decades in the city. Yeah. Like Sue still teaches. Unfortunately, but it stood there. That really hurt, but um, it did stand. It did stand, and like like I said, you can see it if you go to John Bigger's murals. He he did murals. Um, I'm sure it's on the internet. The I'm country, sure you can but... Google John Bigger's murals and see mm-hmm. the work that we did in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right. Yeah, it was called the Celebration of Life mural. Let's say the uh, so, the name of your establishment. What was the name of your establishment? My establishment was called Black Art Renaissance. In Minneapolis, that was Minnesota. My gallery for many years. Um, like I said, I started out with a gallery in 1988, which um, it was called the Art Find Gallery, and actually it was on Nicollet Mall, uh, upstairs. And I think I've got a picture of you, Evan, in that gallery. This was my first gallery. Unfortunately, they decided they were going to um, tear down the building that I was in, and so I had to move. And um, so the Artvine Gallery was short-lived, but um, I then decided to um, continue with the Black Art Renaissance Gallery. And so that's where all of my um, creations were done and all of the projects that I did mostly were through Black Art Renaissance. I think that should be the name Um, of your Instagram page. Oh, okay. Um, Would it be, um, and it could be, now I am doing currently when I do work and do shows, I use the name of cultural elements. And so um, right now, cultural elements is me, but Black Art Renaissance was the gallery and my sister Suzanne seems to think I should have a Black Art Renaissance too. <laughs> number two and so maybe that's what i use as the as the instagram let's talk about Susie for a minute because Susie Susie gives art tours or something suzanne roberts is my sister and an art historian and so she currently um gives um, lectures and also teaches about artists art history I should say, because she just recently is doing a, um, a series of classes. Um, um, actually, these are done through the Zoom. And she's doing a series of classes from about artists, um, African-American artists from all oh, the 1800s to present. I think she's up to the um, up to the uh, the uh, Renaissance period, but um, well, so basically she's working. I think you can find her classes under. Um, she's working with 
um, North High School, um, I think, and she also works with um, University of Minnesota and the MIA, the Minnesota Institute of Arts. And so she teaches these um, classes about um, history, African-American history, artists who were recognized and not recognized. So it's, it's good to, um, to hear her talk about those artists. You learn, I and even I learn a lot from her uh, lectures because she does so much research and um, she knows a lot more than I do about our history. So it's um, it's good to. Um, she is basically doing things from home. She works from home, and um, and and I think she's going to be doing more um, on-site lectures. But um, I think she was just commissioned to do a. Uh, to curate an ex exhibition for the um, MIA, but um, but yes, so she's she is a historian and she is very active in the arts, but not an artist herself, but an art historian. So it's the one-two punch. It matters not. She knows. She's qualified. She's sanctioned in her studies and she knows again more than the average person she's qualified to teach in the subject exactly exactly so we got to somehow put all this together and bundle exactly. it into an nft and give it to the masses because no more sitting on our hands you can create and we can display to the world all through Instagram, really. And Instagram can just be your funnel for the time being until we set up more appropriate lanes, websites, Shopify stores, online auctions and whatnot so we can get your work out there because again it's not you're not just an artist who's been doing this for three four years ten years you just picked up a a digital paintbrush and you can sell nothing like it's a difference when you're selling a baby with a machine gun for 69 million dollars and somebody's worked two years on a painting and they're letting it go for a couple of hundred compared to that like that's not that's not art that's you you didn't draw that baby you genetically imposed it on this picture and now it has a machine yeah. gun like I don't even know like somehow that well, there, there has been such a change in the art world um, and it's all done it's all because of the actual growth in in the computer industry and there's many programs that where you can create art and you don't have to draw anything you don't have, you don't have to um, 
you can Photoshop, you can you can uh, impose images, you can do a lot of things um, on the computer that. Agreed. That's a skill, but I would I, I unless you're creating on a blank canvas, so to speak, a digital blank canvas, what people can do. I t- mm-hmm. I've seen that they have digital drawing boards and you can draw you're still drawing it's still your hand but if you're again photoshopping pictures of nothing and then turn around selling it because you're you're somebody famous I think that cheapens artists as, as a whole yeah but they they put it out there and like you said they build a name for themselves uh, whether it's it depends on if you can appreciate what they do um, and you know it's they become famous and it may or may not be warranted you know as an artist but it's up to like you said the public is going to uh, they're the ones that's going to make them famous agreed famous more rich than famous like again it's, it's just an nft boom everybody's into it right now but even before the nft market nobody was selling digital artwork like that for that price uh-huh. so it's yeah, not for that price that's like this it is may have been out there but yeah not for, not for a million 69 price. million dollars mm-hmm. it wasn't happening so the switch it just happened this year so it's not even 2021 it's not even like a new thing so to catch up it's not a new it's not hard but just the like just the two different mediums like you have to work twice as hard to show why you should be valued versus right. the baby with the machine gun <laughs> like you have warehouses yeah. and storage units full of artwork and well, the baby I've got yeah I, I still have and maybe once I get the gallery uh, through Instagram I still have a lot of artwork that I have left from the gallery not of my own but I've got a lot of other artists works that I have and when I go to sell um, I don't usually take that work but I need an outlet to sell the work that is um, I would have to say previously owned by me and so um, I can I've got lots of Lots of different artists' works that I have know, a uh, the gallery artists that I work with, um, and it may be for those who are interested. It may be um, a way to purchase that art as well. But I had to. I would need to make sure that they know it's work from my gallery and not mine. Um, which I can easily make that distinction, but 
I would like to be able to um, to sell that artwork as well or expose it. But um, there's there's a lot um, a lot to do. A lot to do. So we take it one day at a time. All everything you have with you around you, we're just gonna digitize it. Take the best picture you can and you're gonna upload it to Instagram. It's gonna show you how it's, it's very easy. It'll take you mm-hmm. maybe two days to get the full hang of it. And we just gotta like filter filter your searches. So when you search and you wanna go follow and you wanna search and find like searches. So you wanna find other black artists. You wanna find other people who buy art. And you can do that directly through Instagram. You just search and change your hashtags and then we go there and we market to them. We like them, we share them. And we just, now they're exposed to everything you've done. And we just now develop relationships through the phone. It sounds, I don't know if that sounds complex or difficult, but it's a lot more to it than I just said, but it's easier than anything else well like i said you are my usher and so i don't know that much about how to do things but i will uh, be depending on you to um usher me through that's it no no problem i'm just letting you know that how we're gonna step one is instagram just for social looks and that is now it even gives you a makeshift website you can go to blackartrenaissance backslash instagram.com and see all your work. I still think, I think Susie was right. I think we should use the name Black Art Renaissance as your Instagram and your artist name can be Cultural Elements. That's your, that could be your pen name. I said we use that as your pen name now. Okay. But still... However, the gallery are, is Black Art. However, we are Black Art Renaissance too. <laughs> Maybe I have to add that too to it because I went, to, I did search Black Art Renaissance. Somebody is out there with that name, but um, huh. it's not me. So um, I, I have to add the two or. Um, Black Art Renaissance too, just to make sure that they know it's me. I'm gonna search it right now on Instagram. I'm gonna let you know right now if, it, if somebody has it on Instagram. You ain't gotta worry about that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so are we wrapping up here this podcast? This one, yes. Okay. Black Art. Renaissance. There's a hashtag, but there is no account. Oh, wait, there is a Black Art Renaissance. She owns this account. Yeah. It has no posts or anything. There's two of them. Mm. 
I think one of these may be I think this may be me from a long time ago, honestly. I think we started this I started to do this a long time ago and I think I made this account and I probably forgot all about it. All right. And uh yeah, that concludes that. I appreciate you listening. Everybody in the states, everybody overseas means the world to me. That's just a slight insight to my background, my upbringing. I'm a woman who means the world to me. My grandmother gave her all to the city. Gave her all to her family. I appreciate you. I encourage you to go sit back again and talk to your grandmother. Talk to somebody who's around you, who's seen it all and done it all. Guarantee you you walk away from that conversation knowing more and feeling more. With that being said, this is E from the Positive Overthinker Podcast. Peace.